I'll just get started. And Pastor Curtis, over a period of lessons, had been teaching on time, and our combined life group had been studying Revelations periodically with another life group, which Curtis just finished up 18 teachings on Revelations. <clears throat> when, when you're 60 as I am, time becomes imminent, and I know there's most likely less years ahead of me than behind me. I'm probably not going to live to be 120. When you reflect on your life or experiences and ask, have I built my kingdom or God's kingdom? At times, I've been focused on mine, and at times, I've been focused on his. In a deep heart search of self-reflection, in some ways, it breaks down to different seasons of my life. And I think that's a, a, a good comparison to a lot of what Curtis had been teaching on about revelations being snapshots of time. So that really resonated with me. When Pastor Joshua approached me about preparing a talk, I eagerly and cautiously said I would. Eagerly because I want to serve, but cautiously because I feel somewhat like a hypocrite because I don't always, on a daily basis, behave like a Christian. God doesn't always call the equipped, but he equips the called. You may have heard we need to be the hands and feet of Christ. That means to me to serve, and I also recently heard it put this way. We need to be the hands, feet, and voice of Christ. It seems the older I get, the more judgmental and intolerant I become of others' behavior that I don't approve of. Or isn't in line with Scripture. And I'm not saying judgmental in regards to calling others' sins out, but to immediately evaluate through discernment if something is godly or evil. And I heard another individual share that at a table not long ago about being intolerant. And, it, and then I heard Curtis preach about tolerance being the opposite of repentance. So I felt a little bit better about being intolerant. <laughs> as long as you're not intolerant in anger. So Pastor Joshua shared that when the Lord gives you something to speak about, there's an outline that the church pastors have developed to follow to assist in preparing a teaching or testimony. He said it can be uh, more teaching or more testimonial than that we are always trying to tell how our story fits into God's plan. And the word plan really struck me because I asked myself, have I been following my plan or God's plan? That also struck me from a life group worksheet the pastor provided, asking, are we building our kingdom or God's kingdom? The Lord put a topic on my heart, I believe, in part from the Bible studies I've been participating in, and in part where I'm at in life. There are numerous scriptures that talk about man's plans and God's guidance or counsel or direction. The title of this talk is Time and Plans, and after preparing and reviewing this, it seems more like a confession than a testimony or a teaching. You can determine that yourself. But the wisest men learn not only from their mistakes, 
from the mistakes of others. My name is Gary Brown, and here we go. I'd like to start with a brief prayer. Father, give us the courage to trust you with our present and our future, believing that your ways are good, right, and true. Amen. So the big idea is, what are your plans? In Proverbs 16.1, sorry. To men belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. If we seek his guidance or counsel, he will provide the correct answer for us. What is the Lord's counsel? It comes from the Scripture, Holy Spirit, pastors and church, and other Christians. But sometimes there's tension. What are the odds? Sometimes we are at odds with or don't follow God's plan. In my 20s, I didn't consider myself a bad person. I just lived carelessly with a little purpose. My main purpose was to get through college, paying rent and buying groceries. And paying bills was a challenge, working multiple part-time jobs. And I thought beer was a part of a food group. Sometimes I ask myself, why, why am I making this sacrifice? Ultimately, so I could get a better job and hopefully not struggle doing the things society expected you to do, be productive, financially responsible. When I accomplished finishing college and had a steady job and a paycheck, I wanted a newer vehicle while paying off college debt. Then I wanted to get out of an apartment and have my own home. So I became more focused on things. Marriage seemed like a next step, then kids and a bigger house, hobbies, hunting, roping. All those things were my kingdom things. It wasn't until in my 30s I had a painful life-changing event, something that broke my heart that led me to rededicating my life to the Lord. It's not real important that I share, I was engaged to a young lady that come to find out was also dating a married man at the same time, which means I, which speaks to my lack of ability to choose a godly woman, but let's move on. After rededicating my life, my priorities were a little more in line with God's kingdom's plans. I started attending church regularly, tithing, going to precept classes, became involved with small groups, was in Sunday school and studying the Word. I built a relationship with a prayer partner. And at that time in the 90s, Promise Keepers was a, was a, a big wave, and I was established a relationship with a young man. And uh, it's interesting because I thought, well, I was praying for, God, who do you want me to have in my life? And I was sitting behind this young man one day at church, and God said, this is the guy you need as a prayer partner. And I thought, well, God, he's younger than I am. I don't have anything in common with him. What, what can I share with this young man? Well, come to find out about 20 years later, he saved my life. What I learned from that is sometimes we're not completely honest with others to hide our faults or at least I found myself to be that way. In my 40s, I advanced in my career, was making a better living than I'd ever dreamed of, and now I'd been married for some time and had small children. 
My plans were now paying off a house and vehicles and saving for college and retirement. During this time, I had a new boss that thought working 14 to 16 hours a day was normal. I was in a pretty dysfunctional marriage. Uh, We've already established earlier I didn't use discernment when choosing women, but now because I was not home very much, my wife started accusing me of having multiple affairs. Well, what, you know, what was I doing with my time, even though I was working trying to provide for my family? And that was a, a very hurtful accusation. After all, I was working for my kingdom, but my job was my priority and not God and not my family, at least by my actions. The truth of my situation is my priorities were out of line and I wasn't committed to God or really even my marriage. Work was what I found focused on the most. It's where I spent the majority of my time. So in my early 40s, I had the chance to attend a weekend of spiritual renewal. And I can say after that I had reset my priorities But from the outside looking in, I was living the American dream, a successful life by the world standards. But from the inside looking out, I was in a fragile and crumbling situation with my my spouse, in part due to the way I'd been living and in part due to some mental health issues that she suffered. In Proverbs 16.3, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. So how does the... He establish your steps or your plans. To commit your way to the Lord is to build your life upon the values of His kingdom. It is to bring your time, talents, and treasures into full alignment with His will and purpose. And as the psalmist reminds us, committing our way to the Lord is an act of trust. We believe that He will meet us and guide us into a full and flourishing life lived with Him. Trust today that life with God is the greatest thing you could ever give yourself to and therefore run after Him with all your heart, mind, and strength. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by His decrees and obey His commands. As at this time, this is telling us to make God a priority. So how do we apply these teachings to our life? I can say that in my 40s, I did realign my priorities. But I could also say it may have been a little too late. In my 50s, after 17 years of marriage, minor distraction, I found myself divorced, fighting to stay involved in the lives of my two kids. The company I'd worked for, Close to 18 years, went through management and ownership changes. I went from a comfortable place of abundance to a place of struggling to survive and fulfill my financial obligations. Once again, I found myself needing to realign and adjust my focus. After several years of recurring from somewhat emotionally, One night I prayed for God to bring a woman into my life that would accept me and love me for who I am, that I could laugh and enjoy life with, and that would help me be the man God wanted me to be. 
Very shortly after that prayer, sometimes prayers are not answered very quickly, but the very next day, a friend introduced me to a beautiful Christian woman that I've been married to now for nearly nine years. Some of our recent teachings at church have been about reaping what you sow. One of the many things I'm proud of in my children is their ability to make priority-based decisions in their 20s. I know that's from seed they've seen me sow in trying to make decisions based on God's Word rather than just the situation at hand. I have good relationships with my children and stepchildren, and you could say my life has been restored. Overall, I've lived a blessed life, but there have been trials and hurtful challenges to overcome. For the last 30 years, I've tried to live a committed life. There have been times, as you've heard, I've missed the mark and brought on some painful consequences. I can say most of my struggles or challenges were from sin, staying faithful, even with our own faults, does bring your plans in line with God's plan of your life, for your life. In Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart or mind, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. His will, how do you do His will? You search for it, and it will inspire you. Do good in what is right. As difficult as trying to do the right things are, sometimes they're very costly emotionally, spiritually, or even financially. But the Lord's purpose prevails. When I had a child custody lawsuit filed against me so my children could be moved away, I knew if I allowed that to happen, my chances of seeing them again would be minimal and challenging. So fighting to stay in their lives and keep them in this area was the right thing to do, although very costly and painful. So in conclusion... Now in my 60s, as some of us find ourselves, thoughts of retirement are upon us. We're trying to pay off another house. We're getting our kids out of college without any debt is my current goal. That will slow your retirement savings some. The, the cost of maintaining lifestyle, not to mention health care is a concern. But maybe you're dealing with aging parents or the loss of one. There can be a host of family issues that can arise from that most of which are from selfishness of yourself or others. My faith is what's kept me settled and hopefully moving in the right direction. I tend to serve Scripture more when I'm in a trial than when things are going along smoothly. I encourage you to continuously study Scripture to keep you alert and ready for the daily challenges, to keep you ready for when the enemy will and will try and attack you, a family member or a friend. You have to be in a relationship with the Lord to know His guidance for your life or in relation with other believers that can comfort, speak direction, and life into you. Curtis and Joshua, our life group, and my wife do that for me. A few months ago, I was dealing with a conflict on the way to church, my wife asked me what my next week looked like. And I was telling her 
what I was going to have to deal with. I was frustrated and on the verge of wanting to walk away from the situation out of frustration and anger, disbelief that it could end well. As we were walking into church, I asked her somewhat sarcastically, what's the Lord telling you to tell me how to deal with it? And I can show you where I was sitting right back there during the praise and worship when she leaned over and she said, the Lord wanted me to tell you to be humble. And I looked at her with clenched teeth and I said, I want to be mad. But my point is, others can speak life and truth into you. The end of that quick story is the next day I received a phone call from the individual and he was upset and testy. But I remembered those words, be humble. And I was, and at the end of a 30-minute phone call, that customer said, what do I need to do? He, he asked me what he needed to do. And I was able to make a suggestion that he ultimately did, and the situation I'd been stewing over for weeks worked out fine, mainly because I was seeking and listening to counsel from the Lord. I could have handled that a different way, but I, I did what my wife told me, and by the way, y'all know what's coming up this weekend, so that's just a subtle reminder. <clears throat> Doing something good for your wives. If you're not in a life group or a small group of some type, I encourage you to invest the time to do that. It can help direct your walk with the Lord. So in closing, here's a few scriptures that I hold on to. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In Proverbs 16.9, in their hearts men plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. I pray this over my family and friends daily. And then in 1 Peter three seventeen, For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. A quote I recently read in a daily devotional, says, a man who walks with God is always moving in the right direction. Thank you, and God bless you.